0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and this week on the show, we're chatting about the importance of protein for weight loss, muscle mass, and longevity. So we're ticking all the boxes here chatting about why protein is so important and the reason I wanted to highlight protein on the show this week is because I feel often when we're talking about our nutrition and our diets we often focus on you know, we used to focus on a lot more about how much fat we were eating and you know back in the 90s and 2000s it was all about you know low fat and uh, you know low carb and all of these types of things so I think we focus a Lot on fat content and sugar intake, but we don't focus a lot on protein. Generally, I feel the only time we sort of talk about protein is in the sense of people that are doing, uh, you know, resistance training or weightlifting, and you always think about them having to eat lots and lots of protein to build these big muscles. But protein is crucial for everyone and especially for women, uh, especially as we're heading into perimenopause and menopause. And then also over that sort of 60 to 65 age group because we require more protein to maintain muscle mass and help prevent sarcopenia. Now, sarcopenia is the loss of muscle mass. And we know that it's correlated to an increased risk of falls in if we have lower muscle mass. So overall for our longevity, protein intake is so important. So why else do we need protein? Well, it's the building blocks of our cells, our muscles, our bones, our cartilage, and also our hair, skin, and nails. So super important for all the cells in the body and everything that our body is made up on. So when we think about the food that we're putting in our body, building our body in the cells and tissues and organs and bones, it really matters. If we're feeding our body, you know, a diet that's high in processed foods, that's probably higher in sugar and, you know oils, but seed oils, and probably lower in protein, then we're not going to have a really healthy body. But if we're fueling our body really well with great sources of protein, then we know we're going to be much stronger and much healthier overall. Now, our body also uses protein to repair tissues and muscles. So we need it to heal. We need it when we are trying to build and increase our muscle mass and we get as we are doing our strength training and we break and tear those muscles as we're doing heavier weights, they need to re-knit stronger and they need the protein to be able to re-knit stronger and build more muscles. On top of that, it also plays a role in hormone regulation. So, you know, again, touching on perimenopause and menopause, and we have all these, you know, hormones that are changing. Our estrogen and progesterone are starting to drop, you know, our testosterone as well. With all these changes that are happening with our hormones, protein is really important to help with regulation. So, There are a few of the sort of main things that we need protein for, but also on top of that, protein is really satiating. It helps us stay fuller for longer. So if we are trying to maintain a healthy weight or we're trying to lose weight, adding in protein in each meal can be a really great way to get fantastic nutrition, but also can help us stay fuller for longer and curb our appetite. So we're not as hungry to eat that next meal. And we're also not getting as many cravings to try to, you know, we want the sugar or the, the muffin or the donut. We won't get as many of those cravings if we have an adequate intake of protein. We just touched on before about how protein is essential for building, maintaining, and even repairing our muscle mass. But we also know too that the higher amount of muscle that we have, The higher metabolism we have, also. So, if you are someone that's looking to lose some weight for whatever reason, if we have more muscle mass, we are going to have a higher metabolism to burn those kilojoules and calories and either lose weight or maintain a healthy weight. So, from that weight loss point of view, the more muscle we have, the higher our metabolism is going to be and the easier it's going to be to burn off calories. On top of that, as we age, we lose muscle mass more easily. So if we are losing muscle mass, then we know our metabolism is also going to slow down and that's going to affect our weight too. So making sure that we're maintaining adequate muscle mass, and we'll go into how we actually do that in a second, is going to help increase our metabolism and also our strength and overall health and longevity. And finally, we also know statistically that as we age and balance and strength decrease, we have a higher risk of falls. Okay. And the more than 50% of falls will leave a person, or it's 40% in Australia, will leave a person in hospital. So, increasing our muscle mass to reduce that risk of falls is crucial if we want to live a long and healthy life. So, Let's talk about the question that everyone always wants to know, and that is, how much protein should I be eating? And this is a fantastic question because it is not the same for everybody. It obviously depends on our sex, on our age, okay, on the level of activity that we're doing and our goals. But there are some general guidelines that we should be, you know, trying to adhere to the best we can if we really want to, you know, optimize our muscle mass. So when it comes to protein, if we want to prevent deficiency, then we want to 0.8 grams of protein per day. So we're talking kilograms here. In Australia, we're all about grams and kilos. So sorry for all my uh, American uh, listeners, you'll have to convert that across to pounds. But this 0.8 grams of protein per kilo of body weight is for, these are the minimum requirements. So if we want to prevent deficiency and everything that comes with deficiency, then this is the minimum amount that is recommended. Okay. And I really want to highlight that this is a minimum amount. If we are trying to Optimize our muscle mass, optimize our metabolism, optimize our you know tissue repair and health, then we need to be eating a lot more than 0.8 grams per kilo. Now, if we do, you know, multiply that out, looking at these minimum rates, if we were thinking of a 60 gram woman, okay. So 60 times 0.8 because it's 0.8 grams per kilo, then that would give us 48 grams of protein a day. Now a you know red uh, meat, so uh, say a steak the size of your palm is about 35 to 40 grams of protein. So essentially you could be eating that and maybe not much else, you know, protein, and you've pretty much met your requirements for the day. But this is only the minimum intake. That might sound like a lot, but it's actually not a lot when we're trying to optimize our health. So how much should we really be aiming for to get all the benefits from eating protein? Well, we pretty much want to double that minimum requirement, and we want to be averaging about 1.6 grams per kilo, or for the average woman, in general, we want to be eating around that 100 gram to 120 grams a day. So to really you know optimize weight loss, maintain and boost muscle mass, really focus on that tissue repair, I have great hair skin and nails, you know great hormones, then we need to be aiming for that 100 to 120 grams of protein a day. Now, if you're an athlete and you are doing heavier lifting, maybe, you know, you're training a lot more, um, it could be weights in the gym, it could be a group sport, whatever it is, you would need to eat more protein, okay? Because you're exercising a lot more, you're putting your joints and your bones and muscles under a lot more load, so therefore your protein requirements would be higher. To calculate this out, I always say, You know, visit your professional, visit your health practitioner, because it depends on age, sex, what you're doing, you know, and all of that type of thing. So but generally, if you are an athlete, you will be eating more than 120 grams a day. You're probably looking at more like 150 to 180 grams a day. Now, when it comes to protein, not all proteins are created equal. Some protein is known as a complete protein, which is made up of all nine essential amino acids. And these amino acids are essential because they can't be made in our body. We need to get these amino acids from our food sources. We can't create them ourselves. So these nine essential uh, amino acids are histamine Histidine, sorry, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, methionine, phenylalanine, theonine, tryptophan, and valine. So I probably didn't do that justice in pronouncing all of those, but you will have heard of some of those before. Now, the main ones to sort of think about here when it comes to these nine essential amino acids, because the other thing is we don't need all of these in the same amount and they do slightly different things. But what we do know from the research is that leucine is the trigger for muscle production and muscle synthesis. So if we can consume protein that contains leucine, we will have a higher amount of muscle production. But if we don't have flat leucine, so you can be eating protein that doesn't contain leucine and we are not going to get that muscle production and muscle synthesis. So that inclusion of leucine as one of your essential amino acids in your protein intake is crucial. And we need about two to two and a half grams of leucine to start muscle production. So what foods are high in leucine? Because that's the next question. Well, the foods that are complete protein sources. So we're talking about before that we have complete protein sources and they uh, include the nine essential amino acids. These ones contain leucine. So they include our red meat, our poultry, our seafood, eggs, and dairy products. Now for the amount of leucine in each, you can do a Google search because again, they have varying amounts. But if you, you know, say you have done a workout at the gym or you've done some resistance training, you come home, you know, have a shower and you make some dinner and you cook up a steak and some vegetables, then you're going to get that 2.5 grams of leucine to help with that muscle production and muscle synthesis. So, you know, really including those complete protein sources when you can is going to help you get that leucine intake when we're looking to build muscle mass. Hi everyone, I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that you can download a free 15-minute core Pilates workout that I've designed especially for you to work your entire body and your core, including your pelvic floor and deep layer of abdominals to really build strength, stability, and mobility. This is a nice, quick workout. You can fit into your day. It's definitely 100% doable. You don't need any equipment to do it. And I guarantee once you finish your 15 minutes of Pilates, you will feel stronger, more energized, taller, and really joyful and happy for moving your body and getting those endorphins moving. So don't forget, head on over to the show notes and download that free core workout and try some Pilates with me. I can't wait to see you on your mat. Now, there are other proteins that are incomplete. And when we say that they're incomplete, it just means that they don't contain all nine essential amino acids. They may contain a couple of them, but not all of them. So, what are our sources of incomplete protein? Well, they are more of our plant based sources. So, our beans and our legumes, chickpeas, uh, nuts, you know, especially almonds and peanuts are high in protein, uh, quinoa. Adami beans, rice, potatoes, uh, soy, uh, greens like our broccoli, um, mushrooms are another good source, and then things like hemp seeds and chia seeds. So you can see in that sort of plant-based protein side, there's lots of different range that we can get protein from. They're going to be in smaller amounts and they're not going to be all essential nine amino acids but that's okay. We want a variety of protein in our diet. So don't think that you have to have meat at every meal. That's not what this, you know, I'm saying about this podcast. I'm saying, you know, add in some of your complete and some of your incomplete protein sources so that we can get a balance. And if we are really focused on trying to build more muscle mass, then we need to look at those complete sources so that we can get some leucine in our diet so we can really. Really stimulate that muscle production. Now the recent research has also shown too that if we're trying to get 100 grams of protein you know into our diet each day, which sounds like a lot and we know say 40 grams comes from a piece of steak, we don't want to be eating multiple steaks in the day to get that protein. What we want to do is be spreading out throughout our day our protein intake. That means having some protein at breakfast, some at lunch and some at dinner. And if we're having a couple of snacks throughout the day, trying to get a little bit of protein in those snacks as well. So spreading it out is super important as well when it comes to our protein intake. And spreading out our protein intake so that we have a little bit at each meal is important because overnight our muscle tissue starts to break down and the liver makes protein by taking amino acids from the muscles. So the liver causes that muscle tissue essentially to break down because it wants the amino acids. Now, when that happens and the muscle tissue is breaking down, we call that a catabolic state. So the muscle tissue is breaking down. Now, when we wake up in the morning. Until you eat your first meal that contains protein and ideally leucine, our body is going to remain in a catabolic state. It's going to remain in that muscle breakdown state. So if we are not eating protein until our dinner meal, that means we're going throughout the whole day where our body is still continuing to break down muscle tissue so that the liver can draw on those amino acids. So what does this mean? Well, it means that if you're going to the gym and doing a workout, that you're not going to get a lot of benefits. You're not going to build muscle mass because your body is still breaking down amino acids. So what can we do? If we eat protein in our first meal of the day, and when we're breaking that fast, then we change and switch up our body to moving into an anabolic state where we are starting to create muscle, okay, because we're getting that protein intake and that leucine intake, it switches the body from a catabolic state to an anabolic state where we then can create muscle tissue. So this is really important to help prevent sarcopenia, which is the breakdown of muscle. And that tends to happen as we age, as we get to our later years. And generally, you know, most commonly is over the age of 65 it's a lot harder to maintain the muscle mass we have and also to increase our muscle mass. So, you know, in our 60s, if we, up until then, we had never done any resistance training. One, it's not too late to start. And two, we should definitely be doing it because we will lose muscle mass unless we start to add in adequate amounts of protein and resistance training. So I think it's really important to say too, it's not enough to eat protein to build muscle. If you only eat protein, you will not build muscle. You need to add in the resistance training to create the muscle. So think of the protein like the building blocks and then what are those building blocks going to make? They're going to make the muscle tissue because we're adding in the resistance training that's pretty much telling the body, yep, that protein needs to go here to build muscle. But if it's not getting that input from the resistance training, then like everything else that we eat, it can circulate around the body and it's excess energy and it will be deposited, converted to adipose tissue or fat. So if you are eating a high protein diet, but you're not adding in resistance training, you won't magically build muscle mass. We need the combination of the two to make the difference. So how can our day look? How can we easily add in Protein at each meal or snack to make sure that we're getting adequate amounts. So, some really simple examples would be for breakfast, you could have uh, a couple of scrambled eggs with some mushrooms. We know they're high in protein, and some uh, avocado on sourdough toasts. So, you guys know I'm a you know a huge fan of making sure that our meals are balanced. That we've got some you know really good protein, um, carbohydrate source good fats, okay, combined in our meal. So that, for example, we've got our protein source from our eggs and our mushrooms. We're getting our good fats from our avocado and we've got our sourdough toast for some carbs. Another example might be our, our chia seed pudding with some crushed almonds and yogurt and berries. So again, Yogurt is a complete form of protein. It's a dairy, uh, and we're getting our chia seeds and our crushed almonds, which are incomplete proteins. So, you've got a mix of protein there that will help us build to our daily protein intake. When it comes to lunch, we can look at having a salad, you know, roasted veg, throw some green veg in there to get that protein, lentils. Chickpeas, you know, legumes, getting them in there again to get some protein. And if you're feeling up for it, you can add in either some poultry or red meat or fish again to get a complete source of protein or add in some tofu. So, Again, getting that mix of protein at a lunch meal. And then the same when it comes to dinner, we might be having, say, salmon with salad. So we're still getting our complete form of protein with the salmon, and then we're getting our veggie intake as well for a mix of that complete and incomplete protein. You also may be thinking, well, Kate, but I don't eat meat, so what can I do? That's when we can look into adding in our dairy products, okay? So we can lean into that. At lunchtime, we might add. Added some federal goat's cheese to our mix, so you know there are options to lean into. But you know, if you are a you know pescatarian and you eat fish, you're still going to get that complete form of protein. Um, also, eggs, you know, adding them in, they're a complete form of protein. So vegetarians, you know, adding them in too. And so having that mix or that balanced mix of the different protein protein intake is important. And then when we're talking about snacks, you know, again, we're talking about having that balance of good fat, protein, and carbohydrate. So you might have, you know, in the afternoon, You may have a small tub of yogurt. You know, you're getting that good fat, some berries, some nuts and seeds. You may have a couple of pieces of apple with some cheese, again, protein, um, or some peanut butter on celery or apple. I know that's a favorite for some people. So just adding in that protein where you can, it doesn't need to feel overwhelming, but balancing it out. And then a lot of people often ask, you know, "Should I be including protein bars and protein powders in my diet? Is it really necessary if we are eating complete forms of protein So the general answer to that is no, if you are just a you know normal, healthy individual woman that's doing some you know workouts during the week and wants just a, a general, healthy life and you are already eating meat and maybe dairy and eggs or two out of those three, then generally you wouldn't require to need any sort of protein bars or whey protein. But the caveat here is if you are doing a lot of resistance training So some heavy weight sessions or some long weight sessions, then you may benefit from some added protein. And if you are an athlete, again, you may benefit if you have some gut or digestion issues or you have any dietary restrictions. So maybe you are vegetarian or vegan and so you don't consume uh, you know, some of these complete protein products, that's okay. That's when, you know, protein bars and potentially protein powders may come into play for you to be able to get adequate amounts of protein. So if you have any digestive issues, you know, um, especially if you're trying to put on weight, you know, things like that, then that's when these protein drinks and things can come into play. But for the average person, you know, if you're doing, say, two or three workout sessions in the gym, lifting weights, you know, just sort of fatiguing yourself, but not doing crazy, then if you're eating that sort of mixed diet, that's got some complete and incomplete protein sources in it, you're not going to need added, you know, whey proteins and protein drinks and and powders and things like that. Now, when it comes, we're talking about before to building our muscle, we know that we need our protein intake and we know that we need our resistance training but 75% of building that muscle comes from the resistance training and 25% comes from eating the protein. So you can see how we need to eat the protein, but the resistance training is really key to building that muscle mass. So that means we all need to be adding in some type of resistance training. So whether or not, That's Pilates using your springs and your bands and your weights or maybe that's going to the gym and adding in some strength sessions. Maybe it's doing, you know, home workouts so you can do adding your squats and lunges and planks. You're really adding in that resistance training. We all need to be adding in resistance training so that we can stay nice and strong and healthy. And we know as we age and that muscle mass decreases, it becomes harder. So we're really aiming for three, two minimum, ideally three, resistance training sessions per week. And as I said, they can all be mixed up. They could be two Pilates and one weight session. You know, you can mix it up, change it up but adding them in is really crucial crucial for our muscle mass, for our metabolism, for maintaining a healthy weight, for our hormone regulation and just so that we prevent sarcopenia or that, you know, muscle loss as we age. It will help to prevent falls and help us live that long and healthy life. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think protein is a really key nutrient that we don't often think about. And we kind of just assume that we're going to be getting enough of it. But the studies are kind of showing that women in general are only eating half of what they really need. So generally, we're only eating around that sort of 50 gram a day when we really need to be aiming for that 100 grams. So, you know, really easy place to start, start to look at how to build protein into your meals and then definitely start to add in that resistance training. All right. That's it for this week. If you guys, you know, took anything from this podcast, enjoyed this podcast, you know, are listening to it, make sure you tag me on social at Mind Movement Health. Otherwise, have a fantastic week, everyone, and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.